0: welcome back to the show it is maddie and ethan with another episode of the vine to mind podcast
1: and on this episode maddie and i are going to talk about one of our new favorite regions the santa lucia highlands we hope you enjoy
0: hey everybody so we are back we are back in napa um, Ethan and I took a couple of days to go on a little road trip. We went down to SLH, or Santa Lucia Highlands.
1: Yeah, that was fun. Uh, we got to see some Carmel by the Sea. Mm-hmm. Uh, I Got to drive by Pebble Beach Golf Club. One day I'll be able to play on it. Um, <laughs> I don't want to embarrass myself, because I still embarrass myself on the local courses out here. So I'm going to probably have to practice a little bit more. We'll get there. Before I get to Pebble Beach. But yeah. absolutely beautiful area. It's fun to go down there. I mean, it's only a two, two and a half hour drive from Napa, and... It looks like you're like in a completely different country.
0: It really does.
1: And that's the funny thing about California in general.
0: I feel like it should be like five states.
1: It should be five <laughs> states. So we're down in Monterey. We did some vineyard filming. But more specifically, we're we were in this amazing little wine growing region that's becoming more popular, I think, every single year. Mm-hmm. And that is the Santa Lucia Highlands, which um you've been down to Monterey area before yeah
0: so I've been to Monterey I've been to Carmel of course I think we all know and love Carmel by the sea it's precious um but never to Santa Lucia Highlands and Ethan I know you have I remember sitting through your wonderful (laughs) CWE presentation uh, like a year and a half ago or so yeah um but yeah so you've been there before huh
1: I have so for my CWE that I, I I was awarded last year uh, for the the final part of it for the presentation. I wanted to do some research on Santa Lucia Highlands. And that was fun because, I mean, you go down there, and after being so used to this wine region here in Napa Valley and some other ones that I've been to, it's a complete 180. And it makes you sort of reminisce of, like, this, at the end of the day, is farming. It's agriculture. I mean, I know, like, in Napa, everything looks like Italy and tastes like French, but... (laughs) It's farming at the end of the day, and it, it really stands out when you're in this area.
0: It does. Well, I mean, Monterey County in general, they they said they're, they're what, like the soluble capital of the U.S. I think they produce 70% of the lettuce for the country, and you see it. There are cabbage fields everywhere. We pulled over at one point because we were wondering, what in the world is this? It's everywhere. It was broccoli. You could smell it to high heavens. <laughs> um, but they grow so much of this because it's so fertile. The land is so fertile right there and has you know such a great region for growing so many different things yeah but then they found that grapes do really well winemaking grapes do and that they you know monterey county as a whole has a pretty unique winemaking history it was you know when the missions were popping up they had people that were planting grapes back in the 1700s
1: Conquistadors.
0: exactly yes. yes yes but then it was really in the 1960s that monterey started seeing more and more plantings to vitis vinifera grapes and winemaking started taking off and I believe it was in 1984 that Monterey as a whole was awarded American viticultural area status. So it was a set growing region. That's awesome. And then it was in 91 that Santa Lucia got their ABA status. And that's one of the, the nested ABAs within Monterey.
1: Yeah, Monterey, it's, it's a pretty large county. and yeah. it, It's, relatively speaking, it's a cooler part of California. So that's going to reflect, obviously, the type of grapes you grow. Now, it's cooler in the north. It gets a little bit warmer as you go south, mm-hmm. um, but because of the variations of climates, I mean, there's what, now eight sub-nested AVA's within Monterey and all of them are so uniquely different. I think we had an opportunity to see all of them. We didn't record a video on all of them, but really we our focus is on this small little slither that most of his vineyards are planted along the Santa Lucia mountain range on the Eastern foothills of the mountain range. And that is, of course, Santa Lucia Highlands, which is um, only 18 miles long. So basically half the size of Napa Valley, same sort of length as the Côte in Burgundy.
0: Yeah,
1: same length. It's a cooler climate. You see a lot of Pinot Noir out there. Yeah, Some great examples of them too.
0: And it was cool to see the elevation difference too. Because uh, at the very base of the foothills, you're at about like, what forty feet, mm-hmm. and then it goes all the way up to over two thousand, it's like two thousand three hundred feet in elevation, yeah. which is pretty remarkable. So you have this, you know, variation too, from grapes that are grown at the very top of the foothills to you know the very base where you're almost at the valley floor there too.
1: Exactly. And actually Madison just said valley because it really is a valley. St. Lucia Highlands is because it's it sits in between the Gabalon Mountains and then what separates us from Carmar Valley, of course. The Monterey Bay is going to be the Santa Lucia Mountain Range. Most vineyards, of course, are at higher elevations on the foothills. Once you get to the valley floor, it's pretty fertile there. A lot of agriculture. Of course, there's one of the largest state prisons in California is for some (laughs) reason located there. Um,
0: Let's stay on the foothills. I don't want to go down there. It's
1: a beautiful place to be in prison, though. It's very odd. Uh, Maybe they have a wonderful winemaking program there. Who knows, but that was <laughs> kind of funny being out there.
0: You, yep. So you were saying that's it's a lot of Chardonnay and Pinot Noir it is. that's grown there too. Mm-hmm. And I think when I first thing, when I think of Chardonnay and Pinot Noir, I think it's got to be a cool region. Oh, it's and a cool region. Was.
1: Oh, 100%. I mean, Napa Valley is known for fog. And every morning, driving up to work, okay. I see the fog rolling over the hills. There's a lot today. There was a lot today. Uh, it's very majestic and beautiful, and that helps moderate the temperature. I've never seen fog this thick. When we were in santa lucia yeah. and it lasted a long time and that's pretty consistent almost every single day there's a thick fog that just coats this part of monterey
0: yeah it's almost like clockwork and a yeah. lot of that is because i know Ethan. you like talking about this it's the uh, the blue grand canyon which i thought was very interesting i don't really know about this but everyone all the wine regions in monterey talk about this yeah
1: maddie it is one of the steepest underwater canyons on planet earth
0: I'd love to see that firsthand. <laughs> no, I, don't I don't know, know how. I don't know
1: see it, but what it does, because uh, those who have actually been out to central or northern California, you've seen the beaches. They are absolutely beautiful. Uh, however, you don't go swimming in them uh, as you do in other beaches around the world. You need like a wetsuit the there. It is freezing cold. The Pacific Ocean is very, very cold. And when you have a canyon so deep and it's so close to the coast of Monterey Bay, it's going to create even a larger thicker lingering fog that will just cover most of any area that is surrounding the coastal area
0: Mm -hmm. this will be like you know late evening early afternoon into mm -hmm. the the next morning too so that really just the grapes the photosynthesis stops right yeah and then it really prolongs the growing season And so the cool thing about santa lucia is that we have that but they also have these really intense winds that pick up in the late afternoon and they just flood their way right down the valley um right into the gulf there the or the monterey bay and that really cools it down we experienced that we're trying to film videos and it was it was windy it was pretty noisy
1: (laughs) it was very windy and again as you mentioned it prolongs the growing season and that's what you really want for these varieties. That makes sense. Like why you grow Pinot Noir and Chardonnay for the most part. There's other varieties grown there. Uh, but for the most part in an area such as Santa Lucia. Because it's cooler. Cool climate grapes. I mean you can grow Pinot Noir and Chardonnay basically anywhere. But they ripen so quickly. They're thin-skinned varietals. They won't mature at the same, like physiologically, at the same pace as they ripen. Mm-hmm. So you slow it down with using other environmental factors, not just the way you grow your vines, but using the fog, having the wind there uh, uh, for your exposure really helps you prolong and really allows these grapes to fully mature before the harvest is. So there's like not like the harvest is any earlier, any later than other par- wine regions in the world.
0: No, yeah, I think bud break is typically like late February, early March. Harvest is September, October. That sounds like Napa. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, you know, I think SLH... I keep saying that Santa Lucia Highlands. Yeah, they they've really you know made their way onto you know not you know maybe the world stage, but especially here in the United States, here in California, they're becoming pretty notable. Uh, there's a number of different producers.
1: Oh, there's some big names that buy grapes that aren't even like their wineries are nowhere even near Santa Lucia Highlands, but they they buy grapes from this region. Mm-hmm. Um, Nyers Nyers makes mm-hmm. a Gary's Vineyard Syrah, it's which delicious. is like it's basically like Crows Hermitage, but made in California. There's some really cool wines and some cool styles that are coming from this area of California. I'm excited to see even more on the market.
0: Yeah, and you know, so we are down there to film for mm. this new brand that's gonna be released soon, Morrow's, And that I'm I'm really excited about that. We were able to spend some time with the winemaker there. His name is Derek Rolfs, and he's got you know pretty extensive experience producing Chardonnay and Pinot Noir and done it done it in different regions throughout northern california but i think he's really excited about santa lucia itself just an entirely different style than what you might find in the russian river or even you know up in like willamette or something because
1: what's really fun is we keep talking about the coolness coming from the pacific ocean the large temperature variation just in monterey as a whole the large fog the strong winds kind of like how you're probably thinking why are they even growing anything there well they still get plenty of sunlight and there's not really a lot of rain, like maybe 12 inches of rain a year. That's mm-hmm. not a lot whatsoever. It's it experienced a cool climate, but it doesn't experience any really kind of extensive precipitation. So these grapes still ripen. They still get their sunlight. When you drink a glass of a Santa Lucia Pinot Noir or Santa Lucia Chardonnay, you're still, you're still telling yourself this is New World, but it's a completely different style. It mm-hmm. really is.
0: Yeah, Ethan, you are exactly right. And we've been able to taste through a number of different producers down there. And the one thing I felt like that really stands out, is I mean, it's definitely Pinot Noir. You definitely get those key characteristics, but it is like bright, ripe, juicy red fruit. You get like the juicy cherries and raspberries, but you still get this really nice, you know, floral and acidity too in this wine.
1: Absolutely. For the and,
0: Pinot Noirs I'm talking about, of course. Oh,
1: 100%. And I think what really stood out to us when we were out there, and we got to meet some wonderful people that date back generations in this area of California, that they truly care about the land. I mean, they're farmers at the end of the day, mm-hmm. and they're high-quality farmers, I and mean, there's some really high-quality produce that comes from this part of California, this part of the United States. Um, but you see that, that influence is reflected into the wines, into the grapes that they're growing as well. And when I went down there for research last year, and I, I met with uh, one of the pioneers of the area, they, they told me that a lot of the vineyard agreements to sell to producers, are handshaken still to this day i love if that. they like you they'll sell you the grapes just mm-hmm. make sure you represent that part of the land the correct way and the culture down there is it's so special it's so unique you all should really look out for some some of these wines on the market look for santa lucia highlands a lot of times they're single vineyard designate wines too
0: yeah absolutely look out for moros as well oh, yeah. uh yeah definitely some fun wines out there and i know ethan and i really enjoyed our trip down there hope it's yeah, there's many more to come in the future, but please, yeah, drink some more SLH. Let us know what you think.